Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. Uh, last night I sent out an email pretty late. I actually probably sent out early this morning <laughs> uh, about this program, saying that we were going to talk about kingdom economics, uh, overthrowing tyrants, and keeping the Sabbath. Of course, all those are the same exact thing. And uh, one of them, uh, in moving towards kingdom economics, is about who do I walk with as I head towards the kingdom and the righteousness of God? Who else is going my way? Because if you get hooked up with people that are not headed towards the kingdom, they'll take you off the path. They'll take you in another direction. And they can do it real quick. Uh, if you ever have done any sailing out to sea where you can't see any land and you're operating by the compass that you have, if you head out from Los Angeles, for instance, and head for Japan, and you're off by three degrees, you'll miss Japan... <laughs> Uh, Asia, you'll end up in Africa. Just three degrees can put you that far off co course if you continue in that direction for too long. So, it's it, the devil doesn't have a very hard job of getting you sidetracked away from the kingdom. And he has been working overtime in all the churches of the world for almost 2,000 years to get you off the path to the kingdom. And he's done a pretty darn good job. Because most of the churches are not headed towards the kingdom. They're actually headed away. Unfortunately, we have a merciful God. But he will not strive with you forever. And we need to get on the path, on the what was called the way. That's what Christianity was called. It was called the way. They didn't call the Christians weigh-ins or anything like that because they weren't about joining some corporate group or national uh, uh, body that was going to identify with some political organization. They were about each individual following the way and walking with each other. All the governments of the world bind each other together by debt, you know, which is what the golden calf was all about. Everybody put their gold in, uh, into the golden calf, and that was a way in which to measure your wealth. But they, you didn't hold your wealth. You had this common purse, which Proverbs talks about. And then they were given some sort of artificial means of legal tender to use within their own community. And it isolated them from the rest of the world. Well, that's not Israel. That's not the kingdom of God. The place where God prevails. Because His people are not to be this isolated, separate group from the rest of the world. They are to be a priest to all nations. That's what Israel is supposed to be, is a priest to all nations. Now, what's posing as Israel today is not doing that. <clears throat> if they are, they're not Moses' priests. 
It, it absolutely astounds me when I look at that Israel over there. And there's probably a lot of really good guys over there. And I, I don't want to create some sort of sectarian view of that. The, it's just another country, that's all. It's just another uh, UN protectorate nationalized government that has more in common with Pharaoh than it does with Moses. Oh, they got locks and they got guys rocking in front of the Wailing Wall and they got guys learning Hebrew. But if you look at what they're actually doing, the fruits of what they're actually doing, they don't have just weights and measures. They have iron coin. They have debt notes. This is the money they use. Moses wouldn't have any. Why don't they have gold and silver rattling around in their pockets? That's what Moses said. Don't put it into these central banks. You're not supposed to let your governments accumulate gold and silver. It's supposed to stay in your pocket. That's what the Bible says. Now, you won't hear that in the synagogue. You won't hear that in the synagogues over in Israel. But that's what you're supposed to be doing, according to Moses. But they just wave their hand. Oh, you don't need to look at that. Just look at this eschatology. In other words, don't, don't look at your compass. Just go where I'm pointing you. Well, where's that got you? You got got you in in an endless cycle of perpetual debt in every country in the world today. Is that where God wants you? No. They have forced military conscription. When uh, David did that, it was called a sin. They all get together, the voice of the people in all these countries, and they elect leaders who can exercise authority. When they did that with Samuel and Saul, it was called a rejection of God. But Christ redeemed us from that sin because we could say we had no king but Jesus. And Jesus was like Gideon, like Moses. He, he would not rule over you except in your hearts and your minds. Through God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And in order for you to learn that, Jesus had to go away. Because otherwise you would just depend too much on him. And say, well, what do I do now, Jesus? What do I do now, Jesus? And people do that to me all the time. You know, what, what should I do? You got a compass. You got a soul. What's God telling you to do? Now, I understand the desperation that people feel. But you've got to develop that compass in your own hearts. Now, how do you do that? Well, you start walking with other people. You don't hide in your houses. You don't hide in your comfort zones. You get out there and and meet other people. And guess what? They're going to have some goofy ideas. They're going to have some bad habits. They're going to be impatient. Well, that's great. That gives you a chance to learn one of the key survival skills in the kingdom. Forgiveness. Yeah, that's forgiveness. That, that's so important. Because you're going to step on each other's toes. Until you get the rhythm down, you're going to be stepping on each other's toes.
you're going to be jostling and bumping each other out there on the dance floor. But you got to get out there on the dance floor first. You got to start gathering together. Start working together. Now, that's one of the things that we're doing while we're on this radio station, but this radio station is a very limited radio station. It's not the George Norrie show, coast to coast. It's not, it's not big, big, uh, broadcasting systems that goes out to millions of people. These shows are recorded and then hopefully we'll, uh, make them available eventually. They're available at the station. For those of you who can't make it here to listen live, we'll have call-ins. We'll give you the number in the second half of the show and you can call in tell me where I'm wrong. But if you don't know how to forgive one another, how in the heck... The first time iron tries to sharpen iron, everybody's going to be running out the door. Ow! That hurt! Well, of course it hurt. It probably should have hurt. You've probably been asleep half your life. You haven't been seeking the kingdom and the righteousness of God. And maybe the the guy was wrong when he struck you a little bit and rebuked what he thought was wrong in you. Maybe you need to strike him back in love. In other words, tell him the truth about what you think. And that's iron sharpening iron. Speaking openly and frankly with each other. Oh, I'd love to have heard the conversations that went on in the upper room. Would you? I mean, what were they talking about? Or after the crucifixion of Christ when he was dead in the grave. And they thought, oh my gosh, I didn't expect that. And they're hiding out. Peter knows he denied Christ. Oh, man, the struggles with humility. I I can't tell you how much I know that people think humility is some sort of recessive attitude. Oh, I'm going to be humble. As if it's a vacuum. Humility is an open connection to God. That's what allows God's Spirit to come to you. It's humility. Pride. That's a corroded wire. Bad connection with pride is present. So you're going to need to learn to forgive. You're going to need to learn to be humble. But you're also going to need to be outspoken. You're going to have to be a voice crying in the wilderness and say, Hey, you know, you guys ain't got it right. You're going to have to have discretion. You're going to have to pick... You know, am I casting pearls to swine? I tell you, the inner compass of God working in your heart will let you know when somebody is actually wanting to receive the Holy Spirit, the message of the Holy Spirit, hear the Holy Spirit. They will draw it out of you. But now the bad news. Most people don't want to hear even a lot of the people on our network, they don't, they they cannot taste the Holy Spirit any more than a spoon could taste soup. 
It just, they just don't get it. They're caught up in their heads. They're, they're studying this and studying that. They want to believe they know more than they want to know. And humility will take that away. Get that stumbling block out of the way. And for all those who want to preach, let's start doing Let's start doing humble tasks, helping one another. Tomorrow we got to go up and cut firewood again for an elderly couple in the community. Uh, I joked with somebody the other day that uh, i got to go up and cut more wood for the elderly members of our community. And I thought, wait a minute. I, I am an elderly member of the community. <laughs> but I can still cut firewood. They're a little older than me, so... <laughs> Well, but their son's not. He's younger than me. I think he's almost younger than my wife, and, and he can't go up and cut it. He's in terrible shape. But you don't get in good shape by sitting around. You get in good shape by getting out there and doing it. If you want to be in good shape for the kingdom, you got to be a doer. you got to start with humble tasks of helping one another. Little tiny things. And there probably isn't anything more needed than somebody actually from a high place speaking out so that they can be heard as far as the eye and ear can hear and or see and hear. Speaking the gospel. That it is not righteous to force your neighbor to provide for your welfare through the agencies of governments that you elect by the voice of the people. Da- democracy, that, you know, the, one of the things I was talking about, overthrowing tyrants. We'll talk about that in the, in the, at the quarter mark of the show. Half war, in, that's what we're going to talk about next after the break. Uh, but we'll talk about overthrowing tyrants. Very interesting study. But back to kingdom economics. Kingdom economics. You're the treasurer of the kingdom. Each of you are the treasurer of the kingdom. It's not in a central location. It's not even your pastor or your minister of record. You're the treasure. Each elder, each family that the elder is responsible for is a portion of the treasure of the kingdom. We do not put it in a vault. We do not put you in a vault. We do not bind you up with contracts, covenants, and constitutions. We set you free to choose to do righteousness or not. To contribute or not. And if you are going to contribute, you need to contribute with the wisdom and the, and the blessing and the knowledge of God. Which may mean don't give to your minister. We have a minister of record who's actually withdrawing his acknowledgement of other ministers of record. He's probably listening to this. And, uh, uh, he's doing it because something's tw- twanging in his conscience. And, and like many of the guys that started out on this path, they, they go whole hog and everything they do. It's, 
and some of the older ones have already said that I've always been that way and I need to curb that a little bit. Uh, but the reality is that's that's where he's at and he's making that stance. He's not stepping away from the church at all, but he thinks that we're not doing what we need to be doing. And he's he's making a stand. Probably could have, you know, called up and said something first, but man, he just whacked off with a chunk of iron. It's going to cause sparks in a lot of places, but that's okay. We need a little noise out there. We need a little bit of iron striking iron. Could have used a heads up, <laughs> but uh, we we have to be ready. So it's good. It's good that he, he's doing it because he wants them to take a look at what we should be doing. And it's that's that was uh, one of the funny things about it is that I had stayed up late that night before he typed out that message, was thinking the same thing is that the congregations are a little lost. They're a little confused as to what they should be doing. And that's understandable. Because the devil has spent 2,000 years to keep that understanding and knowledge from you. I think some of them are doing and are trying to do what they think they should be doing. But we need to become a little bit more one body in that effort. Because we will become more visible to the world to see what we're doing. I mean, I've wanted to put up, you know, pictures showing our our, our cutting wood crew that we had out here uh, during the retreat, and uh, uh, for we took care of the widows first. Uh, now we've got uh, some older couples that we want to take care of, but uh, and then we got to take care of ourselves in the firewood cutting area. But uh, we're working together. Lots of volunteers in the local community. That's part of the, you know, that's a visible example. Uh, we grew lots of seed this year. A meat pumpkin, that, uh, a tight plant, meat squash, sweet meat squash, I think they call it, that is very hardy. Uh, we actually saw where a deer tried to take a bite out of one of them, <laughs> and he gave up right away. I mean, they are hard. Uh people have trouble cutting into them, but they keep all winter long, right out, not even in a root cellar. And, I mean, I've taken out hundreds and hundreds of pounds of of this from our garden, and I didn't even plant it the best way that I should have. But we're distributing that and having everybody keep the seeds. Many folds or layers of the kingdom takes place. They actually think about seeds. And they preserve a very good quality seed. We planted enough plants so that the seeds would be hardy and uh, genetically prolific. And so we're spreading that as well as we're giving a little bit of charity to different people. Uh, and we're preaching the kingdom by doing, by giving, by sharing in a way that encourages other people to do the same. In our local community. That's what we're doing locally at his church at Summer Lake. But his church at Summer Lake also serves congregations all over the country. And wants to serve congregations even in other countries. To setting the example. And so we're putting together a whole deal on proposal of how we want to use this property out here that is belonging to the church now. That... uh, 
and, and so that other people could see what they could do in their own areas. We need to be doing this rapidly in lots of areas, and God has been training up people. Uh, we don't have to... I can make you shoes from the ground up. I mean, literally, I can tan the leather. Uh, I can raise the animal, <laughs> uh, butcher it, uh, tan the hide, and make you shoe leather. I can make you the linen thread to sew it together. I can uh, show you how to treat the leather so that it's waterproof. Uh, I can show you how to spin and weave and make looms and make spinning wheels and drop spindles. I can show you how to uh, take care of dairy animals from goats to cows, treat them for diseases, and to crossbreed them uh, amongst themselves in a, a breeding program where you don't have any diseases. We don't have to give our sheep any vaccinations whatsoever. Everybody says, oh, you're going to have to do the vaccinate, vaccinate for this and that and the other thing. And we had problems with those things. Black leg and, and uh, intertoxemia and uh, white muscle. We used to have trouble with those. But we stopped vaccinating about the second or third year. And we started looking at where these problems are coming from genetically. We don't have any of those problems anymore. They're gone. Uh, we don't need to vaccinate. We get more for our lambs. We got 15 lambs left to sell. If you want some meat, local organ, let us know because they're going pretty soon. But this is good quality grass-fed animals that will provide you a nutritious food. Same way with our sweet meat squash. The the plants were up to my chest when they were growing. Because we feeding the why? Because we love to produce it's good, and we young do this. Now we have on which so that's one of our muscles. There's any young people out here as we can to do so. Start telling your friends, but there are millions upon millions of people that are not hearing this message. And if you're the tr- the kingdom and you want that treasure to grow, reach out to more people. We need to have the time and the and the funds in order to reach out on as many radio stations as we can. And you're going to have to get together with the few people that are on the network and start working together to make that happen. And you're going to need coordinators. So you need to pick contact ministers. Not one for all of Colorado. That is so ridiculous. Now, we had a couple others, but they weren't doers. They sat for six months and did nothing, said nothing, made no attempt to contact other contact ministers. After three months of warning them that they would be removed and they're not going to do the job, they were removed. Now, we've had others that wanted to leave because we didn't espouse the best eschatology on the email group and make people all say the same thing. We're not going to do that. Jesus didn't do that. He met with saints and sinners. Now, we're going to go to break here. When we get back, we're going to tell you how to overthrow tyrants. That's going to be the focus of the next half hour. But the kingdom economy... You're the treasure. 
Find others with your spirit and heart, and you'll find the treasure of the kingdom. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com. The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host cause and anywhere else the spirit may lead you do all to the glory of our god and creator for his holy nation the only kingdom that will last forever thank you for listening If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. 559-781-3773. talking about kingdom economics and we're talking about 
seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're talking about an inner compass, which is your communion with the Holy Spirit, and that you need to be following that. You need to be listening to that. When you pray, express in your heart what you desire. God knows before it comes out of your mouth or before you play it on the screen of your mind what you desire. He knows better than you know because sometimes you lie to yourself. You don't tell yourself the truth. But then listen. Be still and know. Listen. What is God telling you? What does God really want you to do? Be still and listen for what He wants you to do. And then get up and do it. Start moving in that direction. And then you will become refined by the world if you approach this world with forgiveness and humility and charity and love. The world will knock you around and and people will cheat you and they will abuse you and you will bless God for the opportunity to forgive and to be His light in the world. But you have to do or your light will become dimmer and dimmer. Cannot bury your talent. He gives you gifts. Use them for His purposes, not just for you, not for your gratification, but for His gratification. And then you will become a part of the treasure of the kingdom. And as a part, you will want to gather together the others who are a part of that treasure. The other golden coins and silver coins of the kingdom. Which are your neighbors. And your brethren. All over. Who have never heard the gospel of the kingdom. Who have actually been turned off by the churches of the world. Because they see the hypocrisy there. They see the hugs without the heart of Christ in them. People are so desperate for love, they mistake false love for Christ's love. How will you know the difference? Christ's love sets you free. Christ's love comes from inside you out. People who need love from outside don't have love inside. They have a false love. Your love, your peace, does not, should not, if it's true, should not depend upon what others are doing outside of you. Your contentment is born inside of you where God is writing on your heart and your mind. Anything else is an illusion. So overthrowing tyrants. There's a little book written by a guy named Stokes or Stark. I can't remember now. Uh, But it's traveling all over the world. It is the foundation for overthrowing tyrants. And in it, it talks about uh, from dictators to democracy. And, And... it's being used. Used in Libya, used in Tunisia, used in uh, Iraq, used in the Balkans. And it's, it's like a 90-step plan to 
democracy. But if you read the book Higher Liberty, which is free on the net, if you join the network or you go to our website, org and look for it uh, with one of the search engines uh, that are there on the site, up in the right-hand corner, you'll find a search engine, that little guy that's peering out. And uh, that uh, book will talk about democracy that I looked everywhere in early America and couldn't find anybody who was pro-democracy. I, I looked in uh, the 20s, 1920s. Couldn't find anybody hardly who was pro-democracy. But I did find that uh, Karl Marx was pro-democracy because he knew that Democracy led to socialism, and socialism led to. Uh, I just realized I need to hook up a wire here, and I have to do it really quick, or we'll be disconnected. <laughs> We're in our mobile studio, and in our mobile studio, we don't have a good source of power, so we have a cord running out. And we were disconnected. But we're ready to go. <laughs> so we're okay. But anyway, uh, uh, the uh, uh, kind of lost my train of thought when I the, those things were flashing up. Where was I, Paul? Are you there? <laughs> Democracy leads to socialism. Okay, yeah. Karl Marx loves uh, democracy. Uh Paul's uh, my co-host. Fortunately, uh, he we we joke when we start the program and blog talk, which a half hour before we start with Liberty Live uh, Radio dot com, uh, and we were we were ready forty seconds before we went on air. <laughs> we thought, oh, geez, we got lots of time to kill. So <laughs> that's how. When you're busy in the kingdom, that's the kind of margins you often get, 40 seconds. Uh, are you ready for your 40 seconds? Uh, you know, most of the people are not. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, democracy, if you read farther in, uh, in higher liberty, you'll see that uh, democracy up until the 20s, in uh, tw- 1927, I think, in the Army Manual, was considered a bad form of government. It was very, very much condemned as a bad direction for society to go in. And and I, I said this in front of a in-law relative once, and they said, and I says, oh, you don't want democracy uh, to one of their sons. And uh, they they looked at me just horrified. I, I don't like democracy. And uh, they says, you don't want democracy, then what do you want? And I, I just looked at them and it said, a republic. And they go, oh, oh, I guess that's okay. Because a republic's okay in our heads. The problem is we don't even know what a republic is. What's the difference between a republic and a democracy? Well, you can go read the book Covenants of the Gods, which is also free on the net, <laughs> if you go look it up. Um uh, the, there's a vast difference between a democracy and a republic. The United States is not a republic. It never was a republic. It was an indirect democracy. Read the Constitution. It's describing an indirect democracy, not a republic. It says that it was created to guarantee 
a Republican form of government, but itself is an indirect democracy. But it didn't have nearly the power it has today because you weren't a party if you were an American citizen. You weren't a party to the Constitution. You are now. And now you are subject to it. And so you, you find yourself saying, I want my constitutional rights. That's too bad. <laughs> I feel sorry for you wanting your constitutional rights. I want my God-given rights. I don't want rights given to me by the Constitution. That's like saying Massa. I want my rights, my privileges. Not the same thing. So anyway, by 1945, the Army Field Manual tells that democracy is a great form of government. Somebody just wave their hand is, you don't need republic anymore. You got democracy. Okay, whatever you say. I'm not I'm I'm too busy being comfortable to spend any time thinking about what I'm hearing. I sent out a little link at the the email that I sent out after midnight last night uh saying I would talk a little bit about capitalism. But uh in that link uh it was a 31-year-old uh video of Donahue interviewing uh, Freeman, I think it was is it Michael Freeman? I forgot. <laughs> I forgot who it was now. Milton, uh, Milton, yeah, Milton Freeman. There it is. Uh, who I, I assume that he's Jewish. I'm just guessing, but I could be wrong. But uh, he, he really had a poignant thing to say about it. Uh, I might even try playing it. Uh, on here, but I don't know if you'd hear the sound. Let's give it a shot to see if it will play. No, we can't hear it there. No, you can't hear it? No, I can it try come it. Out of- let me find it. I'll try it. Okay. Go, go ahead and talk. Anyway. I'll let you know when I find it. Okay. The, the link is at the bottom of the email I sent last night. So, anyway, uh, that's the that's the wonders of having a co-host who can actually do these things. It sounded real great in my earphones, but evidently it's not going over the radio. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, it, it'll be a great topic to begin the second hour with, so we'll just save it for the uh, second hour of the show. Because on this show, we're supposed to be talking about overthrowing tyrant. And in this little book that comes out uh, by this little old man in uh, in New Jersey or somewhere back east and it's a very interesting booklet but he tells you how to get together how to uh, have these gatherings that are almost like festival gatherings and of course this is what early Israel did good idea, have these festivals which were like parties where uh, you know, people were actually having a good time and uh, uh, developing that huggy camaraderie uh, that we need, but also families were uniting with families and uh, then the uh, organizers, the ministers who were organizers, uh, contact ministers were getting to know each other because they were going to have to have a relationship to help carry their congregation into this network that was centered on the idea of loving one another. 
and being there for one another, being minutemen for one another. In order to be these contact ministers, they had to be guys who show up. But you need to have only a few, uh, one minister for, for a few people. You couldn't have them for 500 people. You can't do a good job. It's got to be for no more than 10 families. We have contact ministers for 17. That's ridiculous. They should get an assistant immediately and divide their groups up. They can still all meet together, sure. But they need to have two contact ministers for 17 people. And anyway, this is this is networking, and all that's covered in his little book, the idea of networking and having fun doing it and creating relationships with the people that you're doing it with. And to have these big gatherings where everybody is, and they're not just helter-skelter, they're actually keeping track. Buddy systems times ten to overthrow tyrants. But you also need a central concept of morality. And that's why God gave them the Ten Commandments and gave us the Ten Commandments. What must I do to have eternal salvation? Keep the commandments. That's what Jesus said. Hey, you don't like it? Oh, I don't have to keep the commandments. I just have to believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, he said keep the commandments. So the problem with these groups, they're overthrowing tyrants, but they're they're reading out of a book that says from dictators to democracies. And democracies is where you elect an executive, an exercising authority, a king. Call him president you want, but he's a king. And that's a rejection of God. Excuse me. It's doomed to failure. Doomed to failure. And you with it. A republic is a much different deal. It's still a network of people gathering together. It's still people having a good time and developing relationships. But they believe in the perfect law of liberty. These people who overthrow one dictator and now have a democracy what was what was the line in patriot the line in patriot was uh, why do i want to trade one tyrant 3000 miles away for three tyrants uh just one mile away 3,000 tyrants for one mile away, or whatever it was. I don't know if he said one or ten miles away. But the point is, is that's what you do when you go to democracy. Now, we have to, we have to do some thinking about what kind of government you want. And we're not interested in overthrowing the government. If I were to write that book, I would, I would not refer to from dictator to democracy, but from repentance to a republic. We've left the republic and we need to repent and go back to the republic. It's still here. It's just empty. It is the kingdom of God is the republic. 
Gene Sharp is the author. I actually have my uh, co-host. They, they're sending me little notes here. Uh, yeah, Sharp. Old, old fella. Uh, been around a long time. Very smart. Very intelligent. A lot of great ideas in his little book. But you need to know, if you're going to throw something out, you need to have something to replace it. This goes back to what I constantly remind people of, this walk-the-plank mentality of getting out of the system. They start at the end of the Bible, come out of her, my people, lest ye be partakers of their sin. Where are you going to be? You're, you're jumping ship. You're going to end up in the ocean filled with sharks. You need to start seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Start at the beginning of the instructions. I had a teacher once who gave us this test. And he says, now I want you, there's the rules of this test. You read the whole test first. And then you start answering the questions. Don't put anything down on that page but your name until you have read the whole test. And then we all get that. And I failed. I failed that. You know why? Because I'm a slow reader and I didn't read the whole this. I was like uh, fifth grade or something. Well, the last question on the test is, do not write on this paper. Take it up immediately and hand it to your teacher. And I was shocked when I was down to about the fifth or sixth question that guys were <laughs> taking it up. I thought, like, how could they be done already? There's, there's, there's 50 questions there. <laughs> I failed the test. I didn't follow instructions. You guys need to, I learned that. I'm an instruction reader now. I still that teacher taught me that. Read the instructions from the beginning to the end. The beginning says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do not forsake the gathering together. Love one another as I have loved you. These are the instructions. If you're not doing that, don't try to be free. You will fail the test. Don't try to come out of her, my people. Start getting it out of you first. You won't get it all out of you. You don't have enough time to get it all out of you. But start at the beginning of the instructions. And start following them according to what Christ actually said. Tell your pastor to shut up. Tell him he needs to start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness because his kingdom is at hand. It's not coming in 2,000 years. It's not coming next month. It's right here now. You need to be seeking it. And if you love your neighbor, you're going to want your neighbor to seek it too. Now, most of your neighbors are too busy watching CNN or Fox News. They, they think that, oh, well, if I if I get all this information in my head, I will know what's good and evil. What tree are they eating out of? You guys are up in the tree of knowledge of good and evil trying to figure out where the tree of life is. you got to climb down out of there and start walking according to the Holy Spirit. The reason you can't get rid of the tyrants with Gene Sharp's book is because the people who are reading it want to be in control. They want to be tyrants. They want to be the 3,000 tyrants next door. I mean, now they all aren't that way, but there's enough of them that that's exactly what you're going to get.
You think there's more freedom now in Egypt than there was under Mubarak? It's a mess. It's a mess. You don't have the moral character in the United States anymore to have a revolution. You just don't have it. You're bankrupt morally. You need to start making deposits. Start building up your resources of morality. Start loving one another. Start finding out what that means. It doesn't mean to come to a work project where you're going to grow a common garden and lean on your shovel espousing eschatologies about Hebrew languages or whatever. It means loving one another, serving one another, being there. It doesn't mean sitting on the sidelines. It doesn't mean saying, yeah, I'll do this job and then not doing it. Christ told you parables about that. Two sons. One says, yeah, I'll do it. The other one says, no, I won't. But the one who said he would didn't. The one who said he wouldn't did. Which one is the real son? The doer. Not the one who says, yeah, I love Jesus. The one who shows that love for Jesus by staying with his brethren and working with his brethren and sacrificing his time, his ego, his desires for God's desires. Is it frustrating herding cats on the desert? You bet. But who do you love more? Yourself, who, find, who doesn't want to feel the discomfort of, of disappointment? Or do you love God? I mean, nobody's probably more disappointed than God. But His love is perfect. So, you want to overthrow tyrants? You must overthrow the tyrant in your own heart. And stop trying to force your neighbor to comply with what you think they ought to be doing. Doesn't mean that you don't speak up and rebuke them. But it means you keep at it. You keep being there for the sake of righteousness. You be a doer. We still got people say, oh, no, I'll come and help. But I got to go fix the well pump. I got to go bury my dad. I got to go do this, that, or the other thing. But you, they, you need to find time every day to actually be of service in the kingdom. I don't know how. That's the Holy Spirit. That's your inner compass. Because the devil says, oh, no, you need to do this first or you might not survive. Oh, you need to get this stuff done because you might not survive. If you aren't walking in the ways of Christ, you're not going to survive and you shouldn't survive. And I could care less. Because you're allies of the enemy. Now, if you want to walk with Christ, hey, I'll go to the ends of the earth to try to help you do that. But I only got so much time. I only got so much energy. I'm going to go where I see the best hope, where God leads me to see the best hope. So, we've covered that topic. So, what what did I say the next topic was going to be real quick here? Uh, pull it up. Okay. Uh, keeping the Sabbath was the other thing. 
Well, actually, kingdom economics is really about keeping the Sabbath, and keeping the Sabbath is really about kingdom economics. It's about this plan of not running out ahead of the Lord, but doing things in order. Sabbath tells us about order more than anything else. And we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about occupying till I come, and we'll talk about capitalism in the kingdom when we return to Keys of the Kingdom. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all the First Amendment Rights Media Group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com on Keys of the Kingdom. I think you can hear me okay. If you can't, uh, let me know. <laughs> because I had you muted for a while. I but can. anyway, uh, you can, you can, Paul can hear me. So uh, uh, we were going to talk about Sabbath a little bit. Keeping the Sabbath. That, uh, clip? Yeah, I'll do that as soon as we get on that. We'll go on to this concept of capitalism. But I, I wanted to touch on Sabbath real okay. quick here. Uh, Sabbath is uh, the seventh day. God worked six days and then took a day of rest. Keeping the Sabbath is not about Saturday or Sunday. Although I try to take Sabbath off as a day of rest. Uh, but now I'm getting up at 
five in the morning so I can come down here in the mobile studio <laughs> so that I can do two and a half hours of radio broadcasting. Uh, but uh, I still try to take a Sabbath off. And the key to the Sabbath is to work six days and take your de- rest. Not rest and take, oh, six days of labor. Uh, it's a good idea to uh, develop a habit of taking a day off uh, physically because it gives the body a ch- If you're a hard physical worker, it's a good thing to renew the body to give it that chance to kind of heal and refilter and reorganize. If you're a heavy mental worker, it's t- it's good to get away from that. But the key element of keeping the Sabbath is that working six days and then taking your rest. Not resting and then owing that. So it's about avoiding debt. Uh, Sabbath as much as almost anything else. Now, people will say, oh, no, but God wants us to do it. We must obey God. What, What does God want? Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the guys who were getting that mixed up were making sure that everybody took the Sabbath off. We read these translations and we think we understand the metaphors of the Hebrew language and the quirkiness of the translators. And we don't. And we need to be very careful that we do not turn the Sabbath into idolatry where we are made for the Sabbath instead of the Sabbath made for us. You see, where we begin to worship the day rather than use it as a day of worship. What is worship? Worship is obeying and serving and bowing to the will of the God that we choose. And most people have to bow to the will of the governments that they choose because that's where they do all their praying. And that's where they do all their real worshiping. People sing in their churches and they harmonize with one another, but are they harmonizing with God? Are they singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb? If they were, they wouldn't be back in the bondage of Egypt. There's the fruits of what they've been doing. So we need to repent of that and start doing what Moses and Jesus and John the Baptist were really saying. If you have a need, you don't go to the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. You go to church. And you depend on faith, hope, and charity. And we're not doing that. You set the table, and we'll start. Now, we'll see if we can play this little recording of uh, Donahue interviewing uh, this uh, Milton Freeman. And uh, and hear what he has to say. It's, it's, it's an interesting quote. It'll give you a little treat so you don't have to listen to me all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, let me know if you don't hear it. If you don't hear it, they're not going to be hearing it, so I'll start it now. Okay. Or I'll bring it up. I might have to push play on it. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't more ready. (laughs) I snuck up on you. (laughs) Thinking, thinking. Almost there. <laughs> both of us are in a mobile studio. <laughs> We're both on the road. Uh, so I press play. 
Is it playing? Can you hear it? It sounds pretty far away. Yeah, I can't really make that out. Okay. Now, people can email me, or they can talk in the chat room if they can hear that. But if it's, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll just tell you what the guy said. <laughs> Sorry. Because I don't. That's going out. Well, anyway, these are experiments to try to bring you a better and better program, and uh, sometimes we fail. But as uh, Sumner Miller used to say, no, it didn't fail. It didn't fail. We just have to change the parameters of the experiment. (laughs) (laughs) And many of you don't know who Professor Sumner Miller is, but uh, uh, he was a kind of a mad scientist, made a... A series of tapes years ago, and my kids have all seen them uh, on science. And he was really a master of getting your interest, and the kids all loved them. But uh, anyway, uh, he was a physicist, mad scientist, so to speak, with his hair like uh, Albert Einstein's. <laughs> he was quite the character. And they're still great uh, if you can get a hold of those copies. They're on the YouTube somewhere now. But anyway. Uh, what he was asked is Donahue, being the, the bleeding heart liberal that he was, uh, was saying, uh, do you ever question, uh, capitalism? Uh, you know, the, isn't there a better way to operate, uh, a society or government, uh, other than this greed? As if capitalism is synonymous with greed. Uh, greed is synonymous with greed. Capitalism is that's not the same thing as greed, and of course uh, he points out. Uh, Milton points out when he uh, answers him. He says, "Do you think the Kremlin doesn't operate on greed? Do you think there's any government that does not operate on greed? You know." And he goes on. He says, "Greed is self-interest. There is no government. There is no nation. No society." that does not operate on self-interest and uh, is successful. You, you, your opportunity of having a society that operates on something other than self-interest is either a dictatorship or heaven. And you cannot legislate heaven. So you're going to have a dictatorship if you're not allowing the individual to pursue his own self-interest. Now, what is self-interest? Now, he didn't talk about this. He he says, where are you going to get all these angels to run your country? He says, I don't even trust you, Mr. Donahue. But uh, self-interest, what is your best self-interest? Well, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, a lot of other people... A lot of other gods, many, will tell you is what's in your best interest is democracy. Or what's in your best interest is socialism. Or what's in your best interest is whatever. But I believe that seeking righteousness is in your best self-interest. And all those other people out there in the world that actually think that, we ought to get together. We ought to form a network. That our self-interest is in loving our neighbor as much as ourselves. We're as much concerned with our rights as their rights. 
Do you think in that community you will have abortion? Do you think in that community you will have injustice without a hue and cry? Do you think in that community you will have people needing to go to men who call themselves benefactors but simply give you what they took away from your neighbor? No. That kingdom, that society, is the kingdom of God. Capitalism is a great thing. Capitalism is what you need in order to find a stable society. So what is capitalism? I've got it here somewhere. Uh, I think I need to find it in uh, this article that's coming out. Occupying the chessboard of the dialectic will appear first on newsreviews.com. If you're really clever, you can probably find it on our website already. But you'll have to seek and find it. <laughs> I guess I ain't telling you where it is. But uh, anyway, the, the term capitalism is used here to define the problem, according to the people who are occupying Wall Street, uh, in the economy. Is really, it's a misnomer to use capitalism there. Why? Uh, here's the, the definition of capitalism is an economic system in which the means of production are privately owned and operated for profit from investments usually in competitive markets well you don't own anything you don't own the house you live in if you lived in Israel today you wouldn't own the house that you live in you would have legal title to it but the government actually owns it regulates that ownership tells you what you can build and what you can't build how you can build it and when you can build it because you don't own it you don't have a right to the profit and gain of the property you have legal title which does not include that and therefore, you have to pay a use, usury tax in order to keep that property. You're back in the bondage of Egypt. You don't have the right to the milk and honey, the profit gain of the property that you own. You're back in the bondage of Egypt. So that's not capitalism. It's not a private ownership of property. The first capital of America is the labor of a man. Do you own your labor? No. They can take 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%. They can force you to work at civilian work projects if you're a citizen of the United States without pay at all. And really, they're already doing it. Because you're not paid. You're given debt notes. You haven't been paid in years. You cannot pay a debt with a note. Standing versus white. I didn't put these pieces of the puzzle. I wrote the book Covenants of the Gods, I don't know, 15 years ago. It took me about 15 years to write it. What don't you get? You know, people, people read that. They miss it. You don't own yourself. You don't own your land. You're a slave. Write it down. Stop forgetting it. You're a slave if you lived in Israel. You're a slave if you lived in the United States. You're a slave if you lived in Egypt you uh, or Canada or Australia or England or China. You're a slave. People said, made in China by slave labor. Well, why don't we make it in the United States by slave labor? The kingdom, you are not a slave except to God, to Christ, to your own conscience. 
You are the capital. We talked about at the beginning of this show. You are the treasure of the kingdom. We do not muzzle the ox in the kingdom. It doesn't mean that we don't need support. We may need support as the government of God. But we're titular leaders. We can't force you to support us. You have to choose to. And we're not going to waste all kinds of time nagging you. You have to do it. You have to support your local ministers accordingly. According to their service. No service, no support. Service, you should be supporting them. They're doing a job. What does that job look like? Well, they're learning. We've got to give them time to learn. So, let's see. we got little messages coming up here, maybe. I don't know. I'm getting little balloons here. Uh, I guess we could give out the number for our phone calls. We're in the second half. We said we would do that. So, Paul, why don't you give out the number? Or do you want me to do it? I just had to yeah, find the muted. unmute button. Four one four three nine five two four four two. I just brought it up because someone asked about it in the chat room. Okay, okay. There's the number, and I'll repeat it now that I see it. Four one four three nine five two four four two. And uh, we'll take your calls. And if you have questions in the chat room, Paul's evidently trying to monitor it. Uh, he, again, he's on the road, too, so he's got limited uh, computer space. Uh, he's, I think he's somewhere in a motel somewhere trying to do this. Uh, but anyway, uh, this idea of capitalism, we haven't had capitalism in this country at, at least since 1933, if not since 1913. We have debtism. And, you know, I, I kind of made these words up, but I found out, I looked them up on the net. There's actually definitions for deadism on the net. Deadism is the formal name given to debt-driven capitalism, also known as false capitalism, a system in operation since 1933 until 2010. So that's... Now, somebody else wrote that definition. That's an official definition on the Internet. And, you you know, everything on the Internet's true, so there you go. Uh, I have here also a footnote on despotism. Uh, despotism, uh, be not thou one of them that strike hands or of them that are surety for debts. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're all little despots. Because you've all been praying. I mean, if you went to public school, you're a little despot. Because you were forcing your neighbor to pay for your education. I know your parents were doing it. It's not your fault. But what have you done lately to change that? Are you helping people in a congregation form homeschooling networks? There you go. There's something to do. Anyway, I go on. The problem isn't capitalism, C-A-P-I-P-A-L-ism. It's capitalism, C-A-P-I-T-O-L-ism. <laughs> and lo and behold, I, I was making these words up, and on the Internet, there's a definition of capitalism. <laughs> it's an ironic reference to an economy in which the market forces are subsumed to political interests in Washington. The term is derived from Karl Marx's term, for a private enterprise-based economy, capitalism, 
and the, the name of the building in which the U.S. Congress meets the Capitol. So, yeah, you need to have an economy that's driven by love for one another. And you can only create that if you gather with other people who are actually doing what Jesus said, which is to love one another. Which is not what they're doing in your churches all on the street corner. So those people who are really following the golden compass of Christ in their hearts and their minds are the ones we need to find. In order to find them, we have to get out on bigger and bigger radio stations. We have to beat down the brush. We have to look in the byways. We cannot just sit on the Internet. we got to look all over, and that's going to take your support. But you don't have to support us in this effort. If you see somebody else doing this, yay, let me know. Love to do it. Love to, to help them. But there's not much time left. You better stop wasting it and start seeking the kingdom. Not just for yourself and your survival, but start seeking the kingdom for others as much as for yourself and their survival. And you do that by serving I all. Serving everyone. That's why we're not being exclusionary in these Internet networks. We're meeting with saints and sinners on the Internet daily. You've got to meet with saints and sinners or else there's no reason to say, repent. If you're only going to meet with saints, hey, there's nobody to repent. But if you only want to meet with saints... You need to repent. Because Christ didn't come for the saints. He came for the sinners. And that's why we've created this network. So sinners and saints are welcome, but there is a purpose to the Internet network. There is a purpose to the congregations of record. And our recognition and acknowledgement of those congregations of record is a day-to-day thing. We can withdraw it. We can assert it. At any given time. Because the kingdom of heaven is based on two or more witnesses to everything in it. Christ did not bear witness to himself with, yes, I'm the king. He let the people say, Hosanna, son of David. He let the people make the choice. He wasn't elected king. He was king by birth. But you elect to make him your king. You can unelect him, I guess. And go choose other kings of the world. And that's why I wrote books like The Covenants of the Gods to show you how you do that daily. And you need to repent. And your ministers need to repent. They need to turn around and start going the other way. And we need to help one another so we understand what is that way. What does it look like? And we need to do it in a way where we do not interfere with their golden compass. Their compass of Christ in their hearts and in their minds. We need to strengthen the poor. We need to help men and women with their unbelief. 
We need to have the charity of tough love that says, you need to carry your own weight a little. You need to do it yourself. You need to build it. It will be there together. So I really want to encourage everybody, we only got about 10 minutes left of this half hour, to think about the retreat next year. What can we do to make that really big? Can we make it a festive occasion? Can you come and, and share your skills? Everybody can set up booths. There's enough room that we can have meat from dusk to dawn every day. Everywhere. You know, we hope to have built several very large yurts by then. We've got the 24s down pretty good, but we have to, I have to start sewing and, uh, start making that happen on a regular basis. Uh, if people want to volunteer and start learning how to sew yurts, uh, they can come here and we can start working on that retreat next year right now. Uh, accommodations will be a little rough, but we'll, we'll do what we can to build more. We need your support to build more. We've got just enough money probably from everything that we're going to sell this fall to get us through next year. We may be able to get other jobs hopefully to keep us supported. We'll get by. We'll have food to eat. That's not what we're talking about. We support ourselves to that. We're talking about doing this extra, broadcasting, uh, building a network. We've got lots of room. We can feed a number of people who are willing to work, but they got to work for the pay that I get, which is zero. <laughs> That's what I get paid. I'm not on a guaranteed salary. I'm not on a salary. <laughs> uh, this is free will offerings. This is my offering to you that we will do what we can to draw in more and more people into a network so that you will have neighbors and find them. I had somebody call up from Florida. She's probably listening now. Her and her husband can't find anybody in their area. And I told her the story, so she's thinking about moving to Tennessee, and, the, and the, for other reasons as well. But I, I was there in Texas, in, in Arlington, and there was a fellow who thought he had to move to Tennessee because there was nobody in his area that thought like he did. Home clean and all this stuff. That day, that day, we found not more than a block away, a whole family of people that thought very much like he did that had been there for some time and he didn't know about them. There are people everywhere. We have to find them. They are lost sheep. We have to start looking for them. And I told her, I said, I've lost sheep out on the desert at night. They didn't come in when they were supposed to. They were headed then and then they didn't show up. And then I heard from... The people watching them out there, uh, my daughter says, uh, they didn't show up. They didn't come in. Something strayed them. It's probably bighorn sheep coming out of the mountains trying to uh, steer them so they wouldn't go back. And, but anyway, so we went out looking. I didn't have a flashlight, nothing in the dark, no moon, nothing. Howling wind, no coat, and looking for those sheep. But that's what you have to do. No resources. Eventually, people came out with... Uh, lights and uh, we started finding them and uh, we found them and we got them back to safety 
But it was cold. It was hard. It was without much help until other help showed up. But everybody dropped what they were doing to find those sheep. Because we love the darn things. <laughs> you think, how much more do we love you? How much more should you love your neighbor than we did those woolly son of a guns? We need to start looking for others. And if we will for others, God will bless us accordingly. And you need to give not because I need help. You need to give because you need to learn to give. Because that is the ultimate survival skill. So anyway, there's a, there's the sermon. I wouldn't figure it going that way. We do have that number, and I'll repeat it again. Uh, okay, I see a question from the chat room that Paul has put here, but the number is 414-395-8255. Two. Okay, striking hands. Is that shaking hands? Well, striking hands is signing agreements. It's, why did they used to shake hands? Uh, you know, I, you know, uh, handshake is good enough for me. You'll do this, I'll do that. I'll shake on it. Okay, so that's shaking hands. It's not the hands touching hands. It's the agreement. That is significant. And you guys have agreed to be collateral for the debts of the United States. Why do you think the Federal Reserve started printing more money after 1933? Because you guys signed up for Social Security and became collateral for the debt. It's there in Covenants of the Gods. It's not an insurance program for you. It's... It's an ushers program for them. They're assured of your services now. You will work for them and build their pyramid. All those rebels in Libya, you know, who started a Federal Reserve so that they could be free. What a delusion. Gaddafi was leading them closer to freedom, believe it or not. I mean, I'm not advocating Gaddafi in any way, shape, or form. But he wanted to monetize all the wealth of Africa in a golden denarii instead of U.S. dollars, paper dollars. That was a good idea. Except it was his death warrant. He signed his death warrant when he started to do that. Same as Saddam Hussein when he wanted to value all of his oil in euros. And probably would have done the same. That would have killed the U.S. economy. Because our economy is an economy. Our economy is debtism. We're not capitalists in this country. I mean, your government is... is not infiltrated, it is run by socialists who think capitalism is bad. And the post office. You go read the history of that guy. But they're they're complaining about capitalism. They haven't got a clue what they're talking about. There's no capitalism in America. This is a cashless society. In eighteen hundreds cash was gold and silver. 
those were notes. Now we call notes cash. No. According to the original definition, you already live in a cashless society. We have gone so far from the kingdom, it's a long road back. Better we start now. So anyway, when you come back, these of the kingdom, we'll talk more about striking hands. I pledge allegiance to the King of Kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation under the heavenly Father with grace, mercy, and justice for all. The Greatest Prophecy DVD Across the Border Productions. Embrace the little known but greatest prophecy given by the great high priest the pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion because if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect be forewarned America in prophecy exposed for all to see the mark of the beast no it's not a biochip a much better and more secure technology is already here and you are already using it we will bonus you with a free copy of Richard Bennett's DVD The Inquisition when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio visit the shopping page at our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio 139 East Tulare Avenue Tulare, California 93274 make copies and give them away send $25 cash or $32.50 U.S. for international priority mail that's First Amendment Radio 139 East Tulare Avenue Tulare T-U-L-A-R-E California 93274 a wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come the greatest prophecy DVD now listen to me the Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3000. 
Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I see there's been a question in the chat room uh, that Paul has relayed to me. Uh, I'll run back up to the phone number here. Uh, phone number also is 414-395-2442. So anyway, uh, the question seems to be along this line, you know, when I mentioned the fact that everybody's collateral debt, your land has been collateral for the debt, all the federal property is collateral for the debt and of course this uh, what it does is it divides the title and uh, uh, to property what is proper ownership of property uh, into uh, an equitable title on one hand and a legal title on the other this is an ancient process it's, it's been around, it's in the natural law for years and years remedies are usually in equity because it's Creating, created in a legal system to uh, both constructive and executed contracts. A very complex thing to study, but people love to enmesh themselves into the complexities of this sometimes rather than the, simplic- the simplicity of the answer, which is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But the question seems to be, who is the debt really owed to? And, of course, uh, there's more than one debt because we have divided the title into more than one uh, piece. And there are many parties to this, but uh, the Bible talks about them as the traveling merchants of the earth who have this full stock of everything from uh, precious stones and the minerals in the ground, and etc., etc., to the souls of men. Yes, uh, and that's what we're doing with the whole personality, which we call the soul, is your right property which uh, really dies when you die we're separating the concept of soul that's two two different concepts and they're so misused it's very difficult to follow it but just to give you an idea the reality is uh, the traveling merchants of the earth have a tremendous power over this world banks all these kinds of things and the class A stockholders of these things like the Federal Reserve they play a part in this but there's layers and layers and you get back to somebody Charlotte uh, who rides the beast is a part of that whole system. The beast has a little bit of say-so in it because the harlot really doesn't have very good reins of control over the beast. It, and it pretty much goes about devouring who it will, but it does have its influence in there. So if you follow the symbolisms and everything, you may be putting together through the metaphor exactly who all supposedly has a entitlement to this property. Of course, God really owns it all, but he has given us dominion and said when he did to dress it and keep it. That statement, which was the creation of a trust in natural law, is actually telling us that we could lose it. We might not keep it. That's a possibility, and this is what's happened, is that we were given dominion to dress it and keep it, and we are losing it. Now, who is working for who, In who are we losing 
changing it to, you know, do you want me to give you an actual address so that you can write him a letter or... Uh, do you want a phone number so you can give them a call? I'm not really sure what the point of all that is. Uh, the reality is what you want to do is do what is necessary to get it back. Everybody is going to get a chance to get it back because the system is going to collapse. Now, that's in prophecy. The choice you have is what side are you going to be on? Are you going to be at... at at the sea with the ships of the traveling merchants of the earth? Are you going to be caught in the flames as she burns? Uh, are you going to be uh, there at the top of the golden statue as the clay and iron feet that don't mix no longer can supply the support and things come crumbling down? Or are you going to be walking with Christ in the kingdom of God and have a chance for true survival, true salvation? In this life and the next. Now, if you're only interested in saving yourself, well, you probably won't make it to that kingdom. If you're interested in the salvation, not only of yourself, but others, including the unborn, that have not yet entered into this field in which we live called the world, uh, then, you know, that's to be considered too. We have to do this not because I'm an old man. By the time this is all done, I'm going to be a lot older uh, or dead. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this because I, you know, I asked him a question. He gave me an answer, and the uh, answer included this task of sharing that answer with you. And I've been very careful about what I ask since then. I, I, I ask God, whatever you want me to know. Oh, that's what you need to tell me. And don't be telling me what I ask just because I ask. <laughs> you, 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 me, Lord. It's kind of like that uh, comedy routine with Bill Cosby where he plays Noah. And he's getting frustrated with Job. And uh, he started saying, well, I'm going to let all these animals go. I'm going to burn down this ark. And uh, God doesn't even argue. It just starts to sprinkle. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that's pretty much where we're all at. But, yeah, uh, there's layers to this problem. It's not going to go well because you have the detailed information. But in that, uh, I wouldn't tell you on the radio anyway. It's campfire talk. Uh, but uh, there are so many. People think we have a lot on the on the website, hisholychurch.org. I need to meet all the others, too. But... Uh, the reality is, is uh, I've only got a fraction of it up there. You go to hisholychurch.org slash outline, and you'll see a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. But it's only a fraction of what God has revealed. And I probably only have a fraction of what he could reveal. Uh, and that's the way it is in the kingdom. Because each of us has a piece of the puzzle. Each of us is a part of the whole. Uh, we are the treasure. We are the stones of the temple of God. Each of us is a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. But together, we form the temple made of living stones. We need to start coming together. We need these dry bones to come together. God is breathing life into you because you're starting to see a bit of the picture. 
But we need to come together and connect these bones so that flesh may come upon them. This is what we're doing is we're, we're thinning out the net and getting the contact ministers who will actually be on the same page or at least in the same book. There is only one answer in Christ, and Christ is it. And Christ said, do not forsake the gathering together. And Christ said, come together in my name. Christ said, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the other guys. Start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you will awaken the reality of your own inner compass. And he will show you more and more and more. If you continue to bury what he has already shown you and not help get it on the lampstand, your light will go out. You know what happens if you put a light, a lamp, under a bushel basket? It goes up. No air. It will go out. It certainly won't shine or keep the cockroaches away. But eventually it will go out. Because those bushel baskets were woven very tight. And the air won't come in. And the flame will grow dimmer and dimmer. And it will never serve a purpose. So if God has given you some knowledge, some understanding, put it into action. Actually be a doer of the word. Not a hearer only. So, any other topics? If you got any other questions in the chat room, send them on. The telephone number, again, is 414-395-2442. In this article we've got coming out on newsreviews.com, we talk about the dialectic. Uh, The devil has a, a plan and uses that plan to manipulate you. And it's part of that uh, uh, a, 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 that system that we see to get rid of tyrants, which actually is not a way to get rid of tyrants, but just change tyrants. And uh, what they do is they first they create a thesis, uh, giving rise to its reaction. And this is what the people in the Occupy Wall Street are doing. They have an objection. They have pain. They they see millions of people have lost their homes, lost their jobs, are being drained and worked to death. Uh, and, and they see a problem. And so they oppose what they perceive as the problem, which they're being told by a large number of those people, capitalism. They don't even know what it is. They haven't even seen capitalism. They're not familiar with capitalism. False capitalism, yes. False capitalism doesn't work. And it leads to socialism. Because it leads to this antithesis. Uh, or this thesis, which is actually anti-kingdom. Well, you create a thesis, then you have to create an antithesis. Opposing forces. It's, it's kind of isometrics of the devil. You get these two opposing forces and they're fighting against each other. Uh, the antithesis contradicts and negates the thesis. So you, with these opposing forces, you get this resistance. And, and something gets stronger. 
And it's the advocate of the thesis and antithesis that is playing the puppeteer in the background. This tension between the two being resolved by uh, means of a synthesis. And, and you get, and if, if they manipulate it right, they get democracy, which leads to socialism, which leads to communism, which leads to the the uh, the tyranny of Marxism, which doesn't work, according to Castro. It doesn't work. And of course it doesn't work. It's still greed-driven. But it's not private ownership. Private ownership has to go away. Let it do that. And it, it was gone. Because it, it cannot sustain itself without uh, with private ownership. Private ownership has already gone. All ten planks of the Communist Manifesto are law today in the United States, in Australia, in Israel. All ten planks of the Communist Manifesto. Now, there is some hope over there in Israel. There's some hope in the United States because there's a lot of people thinking outside the box. Most of the people don't even know there is a box. And we need to start, and this is what Christ was doing. He was teaching his ministers how to live in the world but not of the world. Okay, you want to travel as a minister of the church? Yeah, I can make you ID. And I, I, I can get you on a plane with our ID. But are you really a minister of the church? Are you really, you know, doing what the church was doing? You know, I got to see it. Sorry. I, I, I don't go by testimony alone. I got to see it. Testimony is a good place to start. But I got to see it. And I, frankly, guys, I don't see it much. I may be out there. Maybe I need stronger glasses. But we are long ways away from the kingdom. I don't see the table of the Lord being set. We need to change our ways. So anyway, I'm going to send out that invitation for people who want to really sacrifice themselves for the kingdom and start building the kingdom. We have some room here now that we can start and we can make more accommodations uh, to start getting ready for the retreats. Because we're not going to just have fall festivals. We'll have a spring festival too at Pentecost. Uh, we'll have our local Passovers. we got lots of lambs. Uh, if you like lamb. You don't have to eat lamb at Passover. That is the point. It's the coming together that's key. Uh, it's the love for one another that's key. It's not the hug that makes love. It's sacrifice that makes love. You want hugs? Any prostitute can give you hugs. And many pastors are nothing more than prostitutes. We're talking real love here. Love that sets you free. Not bind you up. Not delude you. The real thing. But anyway, if... Uh, but it takes a lot of work, especially when you get young people who don't know what they're doing. It's going to take a lot of my time and energy to do that. I'm not going to be able to go out and make money other ways uh, to support this. We're going to need your support. Uh, we'd like to create a number of industries we're working on out here. We've got the room to do it. We don't have the capital to do it, but we we'll, we have what we have. We are the capital. And we, we will start working in that direction. And... Uh, 
but we we're willing to, to take on some others. We've invested everything we have in this, and there's a lot more we can do. We've we can set these things up as institutions according to the ways of the early church, but we need those bones to start coming together. We need some flesh on the bones, and we need the Holy Spirit to bless what we're doing. So those who don't want to give of themselves locally or here or wherever you're not getting any closer to the kingdom unless you start giving up start unless you start sharing time energy patience you need to start doing that time is running out the clock is ticking and there's a bomb connected to that clock but I don't want you doing this out of fear. I want you doing this out of love. You, you know, but I, I would be remiss in saying that, you know, that there isn't going to be really hard times. I mean, it's going to make uh, the hard times of the early church look like a walk in the park. I'm telling you. We're talking really hard times, but we're all also talking about setting the whole world free again. Like I said many times, we're all going to be free. We're just not all going to survive freedom. So the ultimate survival skills is forgiveness, charity, patience, honor, commitment, doing. These are the survival skills you need. These are the survival treasures that you need. But not just doing these things for yourself, but doing them for others, equally doing for others. And you ministers probably have to do it more than equally to take up the slack for all those people that gather in your congregation that don't do their share. Now, I'm rebuking you out of love, folks. You need to start coming together in your local areas. You need to start seeking that kingdom in earnest day in, day out, night and day. It's going to take some overtime because a lot of you are going to still have to be paying Caesar, paying the Pharaoh, paying your tally of bricks. But you're going to have to start gleaning in the field at night. You're going to have to start setting your priorities and saying, hey, you know, I can't take time out to do that. I have to seek the kingdom. I'm going to take a little overtime, folks. going to take a little overtime. A uh, question came up this week about politic, uh, politics. Now, people want to support Ron Paul. If you're in that system, go ahead. Support who you want. But don't lose sight of the kingdom. Today, the dialectic is active in every political issue that encourages taking sides. We can see it in the environmentalist instigating conflict against private property owners in Democrats against Republicans in Greens against Libertarians in Communists against Socialists in Neocons against traditional conservatives in community activists against individuals in pro-choice versus pro-life in Christians against Muslims in isolationists versus the interventionalists in peace Activists against war hawks. These are sides against Jews and Muslims, Muslim Christians, 
And they want you to take a side. They want you to trim the corners of your beard. There is one side only. Everything else is a vacuum. And that side is righteousness. And you knew what righteousness was when you were in kindergarten. Better than you probably know now. Don't steal. Don't covet. Don't lie. To yourself or anybody else. Don't commit adultery. In your marriage, in your body. Stop poisoning yourself. Stop poisoning your mind. Turn off the dang TV. I'm not saying you can't watch TV, that it's a sin or anything. Start becoming an activist in your own life, in the life of your family, in the life of community. If you want life more abundant, you have to give up some of your life daily. It's starting to warm up out here, although it's still pretty freezing here in the mobile studio. <laughs> uh, we're coming close to the end, but I, I've been, while I'm talking, I've been staring out the window here, and I've seen more swans show up. I've seen about 500 ducks suddenly come paddling across the lake down below me. I've seen trout jumping in the air, and I think of the cities. I could have been listening to cars and trucks driving by and everything. This really is a beautiful spot. It's high desert, surrounded by mountains with trees on them. Uh, but if people want to work for the kingdom here, we could make arrangements. But we really want you to work in your local communities. That's That will do my heart good, to see you working in your local communities. Start forming those congregations in earnest. And I know it's extremely hard under the present economy, but you'd be surprised at how much you can do if you all work together. Don't leave it for one or two people to make it all happen all the time. You have to start encouraging one another to work together as a community, as a congregation. Uh, people who actually love one another and care about one another. And we have the, probably the first task is we have to gather the rest of the dry bones and the rest of the flesh that is scattered out there in the wilderness. And if God is bringing it into your heart, you will see the importance of bringing them together. And it's very important that we have contact ministers that not scatter the sheep before they even get into the fold. Uh, the Internet Network is simply an open cafe in which we have both saints and sinners sit down together. And the center, the contact ministers that are elected on the, that network, they represent the people that elect them. The same as in a congregation of record. The people that elect them, that's who they represent. We recognize that they were elected. They're not ordained ministers of God unless God has ordained them. We don't either, but we haven't recognized very many men ordained of God yet. Very high standards, and so did Christ. Are you willing to give up everything you own and follow Him? Well, that's a, that's a lot to ask, and all of you are not called to do that. But all of you are called to sacrifice. Sacrifice of your own life so that you may have life more abundant.
So I don't see any more questions coming from the chat room. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, we've only got a few more minutes left here anyway. Uh, we need to be seekers of the kingdom of God and his righteousness because that's step one. And we need to do it not only for ourselves, for others. So that's part of step one. That's the direction we're going. And we need to remove the tyrant from our own heart and not impose things on people the first time they step toward the kingdom. Uh, people are protesting against uh, the banks and this Wall Street thing. Why are they going to the banks? Why are not they doing peer-to-peer loaning? Why are not they coming together in co-ops? Why are not they working together as a people? Instead of complaining about what others are not doing, they should be doing it. Anyway, till we meet again next week, peace be upon your house, and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.